In this episode of the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast. Biblical texts and, you know, Sumerian texts about giants and, you know, big hairy men. And it's like, okay, is that Bigfoot? Welcome to episode 124 of the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast and the continuation of... Bobtober, yes, it is still Bobtober on the Bobcast. This episode is the finale of the Paranormal Ponderings series of episodes, and this one features an interview with that paragon of paranormal pondering himself, Mr. Mike DeMonte. Yeah, this is the episode that will hopefully tie all of those other Paranormal Ponderings episodes together. Now, a little history on the Paranormal Pondering series before we really get started. The Paranormal Ponderings episodes have been my way of exploring kind of the many different faces or facets of the paranormal world, which is a very large world, by the way. The series started out talking about ghosts and paranormal investigating, and that very first episode in the series was an interview with Amanda Paulson that was in March of 2021. Now, the goal all along with these episodes has been to talk to people that are experts in whatever the subject or topic of that episode was going to be. So as far as I'm concerned, Amanda is one of the most experienced and also authentic paranormal investigators that I know of out there today. I figured she would be an absolutely perfect guest to talk to about paranormal investigating and ghosts. And she was, I mean, I learned a ton about paranormal investigating and about ghosts really by having Amanda as a guest on that first episode. After Amanda Paulson and the paranormal investigating episode, Maria Wessenauer was a guest. She was talking about haunted places in history. Then Sharice Williams was a guest. She talked about witchcraft, magic, tarot, that kind of thing. Josh and Tamara of the Hex Files podcast came next. They talked about cryptids. A Bigfoot was a big part of that episode, especially. Then Aaron Golias of the Saucer Life podcast came aboard. He was talking about UFOs and UFO folklore. And UFO folklore is Aaron's speciality, I should say. Finally, this episode, this is the last one in the Paranormal Pondering series. The finale, the grand finale, I should say. We're going to attempt to tie all of those paranormal subjects together in this episode. Well, sort of. We're going to give it a shot. That was another one of the intentions that I had going into this series. And it was just to tie it all together. Tie that whole realm of the paranormal together into kind of one neat little package. You know, voila, dinner is served. Uh, But, but, just like with the paranormal in general... Things aren't quite that plain, simple, and easy to wrap up when you're talking about paranormal subjects. It might get a little messy. I think that's what I'm really trying to say. Ghosts, haunted houses, magic and witchcraft, UFOs, cryptids. I personally think they are all related in some way. As far as me coming on and explaining how they're all related, that's a little trickier. So I felt like Mike DeMonte would be a great person to have and come talk to us about how it all ties together. Now, this is a disclaimer I do want to mention. We don't just talk about how the paranormal is kind of this like conjoined 
thing where everything is more or less related. In this one, we're going to talk about religion. We're going to talk about myths and superheroes. We're going to talk about consciousness, human consciousness, and it gets a little weird. All those subjects are from Mike's latest book and his book series, which is the punk rock and UFO series. His latest book is titled Stranger Than Fiction, which I highly, highly recommend you get a copy of that book. It's really amazing. At the end of the day, as we go through this episode and I'm talking to Mike, I think we more or less do address and kind of answer the question of how are all these paranormal things related. I still have a lot of questions. I really do. And I think that's the nature of the beast when it comes to the paranormal. We have very little concrete evidence that can prove anything as far as the paranormal goes. Is there a body of a Bigfoot somewhere that we can actually look at and say, oh, this is a Bigfoot, this is what it is? No, there's not. Is there a UFO that is in some military base somewhere? Well, maybe there is, but we don't have any way of proving that. We don't know. We just don't know. Ghosts, again, there's plenty of EVPs out there. There are photographs, video, all kinds of different evidence, but there is nothing that actually says this is what a ghost is. We don't have anything concrete whatsoever. So anything paranormal, there are bound to be a ton of questions still remaining, even when you have some kind of evidence or some kind of theory about what they are. So here we are. I think the whole point I'm trying to make there is no matter what, when you're involved in paranormal stuff, you are always going to be pondering the paranormal as you look at things. Well, there you go. That's why that's the title of this series. Let's get to it. First, we got some words from this episode's sponsor, Midwife Made Naturals. Then, in the middle of the interview with Mike, a song is going to come up. Of course, this is a Bobcast episode. This song Mike picked out himself. I asked him, choose a song for this episode that you're going to be in that might be kind of Halloween-related, spooky. You know, Bobtober related is, is kind of how I put it, I believe. The song that Mike picked is called I Met You on Halloween, and the band is Kent, Ohio's Finest Minstrels of Mayhem. Light Years is the name of that band. Well, here's a few words from Midwife Made Naturals, then we'll get straight to the interview with Mike DeMonte. Please stay tuned. Made in the USA with all natural ingredients, the supplements and homeopathic remedies offered by Midwife Made Naturals are designed with one goal in mind, supporting you through every stage of womanhood. Midwife Made Naturals was founded by Paula Tipton Healy, a California licensed midwife, certified homeopathic practitioner, and nutritionist. Paula has attended over 2,000 births in her 35 years of midwifery and started Midwife Made Naturals to help women of all ages attain vibrant health and balance through homeopathy and nutrition. Products such as the Happy Birthday Homeopathic Remedy are designed to promote balance for needed hormones before childbirth, while products such as the Afterbirth Bliss and Milky Way Remedies are designed to help bring balance to your body after childbirth. For more information on the amazing products of Midwife Made Naturals, go to midwifemadenaturals.com. There, you can view the full line of remedies and supplements that are non-GMO, all-natural, vegan-friendly, and designed by a midwife with your health and balance in mind. Well, welcome back, Mike DeMonte. So glad to have you back on the Bobcast once again in Bobtober. 
Bob Tober, as it shall henceforth be known. You know, uh, uh, yeah, no, uh, uh, thank you for having me back. I believe this is my third time. Maybe? Third time, yes, it's your yeah, third the, time. The, the the hat trick, yeah, that it is very good. Yes, okay. Are you sure you're not Canadian like we we're talking about a minute ago here into hockey? Okay, well, this time around, we're going to talk about paranormal stuff specifically. I think the first time we talked mostly about UFOs, then we talked more punk rock and hey suburbia your book last time now we're finally going to get to uh ghosts ufos cryptids and kind of how they all tie together eventually we're going to get there we're going to start talking about your last book in the punk rock and ufo series the stranger than fiction first and there it is stranger than fiction highly recommended by me i read it in like a day and a half so i would definitely say it's a worthwhile book for checking out if you're interested in any kind of high strangeness. I know I, I devoured it literally. So your words from the introduction to the book is you said with that book series, you're attempting to normalize the paranormal in some ways. Uh, that's a very monumental task. I think it, it, it seems like, why do you want to normalize the paranormal? What's important about that to you? Well, it, it's, to me, I always kind of consider it as like something that's subculture or, you know, something or a group of people that have been marginalized, right? It's a similar type of where you want to speak up, right? Like if you're seeing someone, you know, bullying a kid because he's gay, right? You, you kind of want to step up and say something. Sure. It's kind of like, it's kind of like that same thing, you know, it's like this area just for years has been marginalized because through history, you know, we've evolved and changed where we have technology and we have um religions become more mainstream all these things have really took really replaced kind of what you know what we would think as you know paranormal right um there's more uh explanations now or rationalizations there's more rational thinkers we're more give me the proof give me the evidence we want the science which is is a good thing but somewhere along the way you know these in, these occurrences have been happening all throughout time are now viewed differently um, not just necessarily more uh, through a skeptic's point of view, they're just viewed uh, differently altogether. You know, some of these paranormal experiences, you know, back then to some people, they may not have been considered so strange because if they could have been happening uh, a lot more common. Mm. So that's why, you know, I, I, you know, I kind of put that, the, uh, the phrase, you know, the best way to describe the book is that, yes, I do try to normalize the paranormal by saying, Hey, look, the stuff that sounds so weird is really not that weird. And Hey, here's some examples from current events, from pop culture, from religion, mythology, and look for some of the connections yourself and then just, you know, go from there. What, one of the main things that you, you know, you're talking about is maybe paranormal stuff used to be more commonplace, or it was definitely maybe viewed differently. Like UFOs 2000 years ago could have been viewed as, Oh, that's the gods, you know? Right. But in some ways, when we see UFOs now, a lot of people look at it as it's some kind of advanced technology that's beyond ours. But there are some people that view it as almost a religious thing still. What, where do you kind of fall as far as that, that school of thought goes? Well, it's interesting because, you know, I, think I may have mentioned this in the book, but like 10 years ago, I'd probably never make the connection between religion and, and, and ufology. Um, but the kind of the more you read up on this stuff, you say, hey, you know what? These people, you know, there's actually something in these religious texts, you know, hey, you know, the Bible may have a lot of crazy dogmatic elements to it, but some, some of the stories 
if you just read the stories about themselves and you compare them to some of the stuff that was on, you know, Sumerian, uh, Sumerian tablets and that are in other religious texts and that are in other uh, culture stories, you say this all kind of sounds similar. So there's got to be some truth in this somewhere, you know? Um, so I, I think, you know, you kind of open your mind a little bit to say, you know what, maybe these religions are correct in what they're reporting, but maybe people have twisted it and politicized it because before there was government, there was religion. That's how you control people. Sure. sure. So that's, that's kind of the flip side to it. You know, the, the bad side to it, but the good side, if you look at it is that, man, there's, there's commonalities in all these religious texts. But, and that's another thing too. That's I think another way to bridge the gap between people who are afraid of Muslims or people who are devout Christians or people who are only, you know, uh, only believe in Judaism. Right. Is it maybe say, Hey, you know what? You guys all at the end of the day, you believe in very similar things. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. All your stories are very similar, just the names are different, you know, and if you can go back to the, you know, the, the ancient Egyptian stories too, I mean, they were the first ones to make up a Jesus story. So it's like, you know, if, if you're a Christian, you may say, oh, well, you know, they may get offended by that, but no, if anything, that should maybe strengthen your argument. You know, maybe Christ doesn't look the way he does in, in, in your story, or maybe he, he's not in a different location, right? But the origin story is very similar. It's just been adapted. And you kind of think about that too, you know, look through, you know, pop culture and how things are adapted. And, you know, it's like someone makes a comic book movie, right? You could adapt that movie multiple ways, you know? Sure. You, you, you know, and I look at, you know, I'm a Batman fan. So I look at what Christopher Nolan Batman series, how he adapted that, right? Um, basically same origin story, right? But things are a little different, right? As opposed to the Michael Keaton, Tim Burton films, different, right? Different adaptation, different, a little bit different origin. And then, and then you look at the portrayal and the, and the, uh, DCEU uh, Snyder film. So it's like you can take these these ancient stories, these old stories, and adapt them. And that obviously has happened throughout time through different religions. Sure. Okay. All right. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about religion later too. I sure. I do want to talk to you about consciousness, and that was a big thing that really sucked me into your book right from the beginning. In fact, you said when you open with the first chapter of the book that, that you are going to be punching the reader figuratively in the face from the start. And that's exactly what happens as far as human consciousness goes. What is it that you, for the listener specifically, cause I've read the book, obviously, what is it that you talk about regarding human consciousness in the context of the book and, and also Later on, maybe human consciousness and the afterlife that you kind of mentioned in that first chapter of the book as well. Uh, I mean, there's a lot, really. Um, but the approach was, you know, when we're presenting these topics to people, I don't, for the longest time, it was kind of, oh, ease them into it, ease people into it. Don't go full on out. But I was like, you know what? Screw that. They're reading this book anyway. So let's make them not, let's make them start questioning. Let's make them uncomfortable. Let's hit them with some stuff that's really going to make them say, hmm. Sure. And some of the people I interview, though, I mean, you really, you know, looking through it, because it's been a while since I read my own book, and I just remember, but like the people I interviewed, you know, uh, are legit people who've, who've done uh, scientific studies on this, on DMT. DMT, um, that's a big part uh, of what you talk about, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I related back to the idea of a third eye, right, in, in Egyptians. And, yep. um, and, then, and then Leslie Kane, who's somebody who really, you know, uh, I compare her her journey is very similar to kind of what everyone in ufology kind of goes through. They're UFOs first, and then they're like, 
okay, they start getting into the new age woo, right? As people would say. <laughs> right, um, yeah. But like when I was writing this book, like this stuff was slowly creeping into mainstream ufology, slowly. But now it's like, it's, it's talked about all the time. It's not just nuts and bolts flying saucers anymore. This stuff is, you know, obviously, you know, interviewing Wesley Kane for the book and I've, you know, talked to her quite a few times after that and just keeping up with her. And you know, she got a show on Netflix, you know, they did a documentary about her, uh, her, her book that was based on uh, after, life after death experiences. I mean, and it all ties together. It really does. You know, the idea that um, these people that have life near death experiences, they take DMT and they hear, they see a light, they, they hear voices, they, they see beings, you know, it's all this, this subconscious or this unconscious um, element to it. And there's really easy parallels to make through the abduction experience too. So I really wanted to kind of throw that into the first chapter before I pulled it into kind of like, okay, now here's what Hollywood does. Here's some current events that you probably heard of. The superhero angle also that you kind of start talking about right away in the book. That's fascinating to me. And you kind of touched on that just a minute ago with what you were saying about all those Batman movies and the adaptations and how those almost could be, those stories are as old as mankind in some ways, right? Uh, for us, yeah. It's, it's, it's almost us. like our mythology, yeah. It is, right. <laughs> the modern day comic book heroes and villains, I mean, do you feel like in some ways, and for some people, maybe they have become the equivalent of gods and the devils maybe of the past, or even if they don't, even if they're not worshiped by us, like we're looking at it saying, you know, oh, Superman's my God. Cause obviously we understand it's a fictional character. However, those attributes that some of those superheroes have are very, very godlike, right? I mean, or, or even like, uh, you know, you could look at like Hercules, the Greek myths and then say, oh my God, that's like Superman or something, you know? And I mean, I the question here really is, what are your thoughts about all that? I mean, is that, are those our kind of mod, those are our modern myths in some ways, right? Yeah. Yeah. In a way it's like, you know, our, our pop mythology, you know, but it's like, you know, if a kid reads a Superman comic and is inspired to be a better person ah. in a way, you know, not Superman's not necessarily like a God, but it's like a figure for him that may take substitution for religion. Right. Or this kid may not go to church, but he learns to be a better person through, you know, what Wonder Woman does or, or what Captain America does, right? So those, you know, they do kind of take the place in some sense of, you know, traditional gods. I mean, you look at Thor, right? Thor has been talked about. Thor isn't just a Marvel comic book character, right? It comes from somewhere. It's just a Nordic god. Right, it's an a, actual god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. An actual god. There's statues of him all throughout the Eastern Europe. So if, let's say if Thor was a real person, let's say if he wasn't even a god, all right? Let's pretend he was just a real person but he was worshiped and through time, you know, the stories changed or whatever. Let's say he did exceptional things, whatever. And they, you know, they held him up to this degree. Well, Thor still lives nowadays. Now, right. Where does he live? He lives in, in Marvel comics, right? He lives in our pop culture, right? He lives in these movies. So it's like, you know, these gods never really die. Um, you know, they're just kind of repackaged and repurposed for a different generation. And if, if some kid, you know, gets into that stuff through through the comics, great. But it's just, you know, it just goes to show you an example that so many of our huge pop culture fil- uh, figures are based off of something real or imagined or something, you know, uh, from back in the day. And they're just kind of been, you know, adapted. Certainly. And it's, yeah, it, that's interesting to say. I mean, that's that's where I'm kind of bridging the gap between the past and the and present times is you can take 
a lot of different heroes from like ancient mythology and say they have very similar characteristics to modern superheroes and that and they have and you nailed it i think perfectly where you said well you know those those old myths were almost meant to uh, morally guide people in some ways right well look at how hercules behaved and what he did and you know they weren't also they weren't perfect just like our heroes but if they can inspire people to be better people then they've kind of met the uh the standard of what those myths stood for in some ways kind of sticking to the topic of religion do you think ufology is its own religion in some ways has become like its own religion for some people that's funny because like a lot of people just kind of treat it as such right i right. mean it's not a real it's not a real science you don't get a real degree for it right but there's some people who definitely worship you know the the studies of it and some of the people involved in it almost look at you know some of those hold those these people in very high regards as well so yeah it's weird it's almost like its own cult-like following in a sense where yeah. i mean people will say it is like religion because people the ones who will believe anything will say you know just like people who are religious will believe everything that you know the that their church says right same thing with ufology there's some some people who will see you know who believe anything that ufology says right like uh there are like disciples of say like bob lazar and they'll yeah. say <laughs> if bob lazar said hey i took this ufo ufo part for the u.s government and i saw all this crazy stuff and they're gonna go well if bob lazar said it then and it's the same thing as like at the pastor at my episcopal church said you know whatever and it's yeah dude it's the same it's kind of the same thing in some ways it seems like to me as far as ufos go and maybe people that think they might be extraterrestrial in nature would you say maybe the people that are looking for salvation from like an alien technology or an alien race that could definitely be called like a religion in some ways because they're looking up saying you have to save us from ourselves which is almost the tenant of a lot of religions in some ways too right i mean geez yeah it's almost like nowadays you know we kind of want someone to come down and save us from ourselves yeah yeah it's like it's in for some people it's like a version of the rapture like well someday these people are gonna these yeah. these beings are gonna come down from another galaxy and they're gonna teach us how not to kill each other and it's like no you know what i'm sorry we could teach ourselves that you know anytime <laughs> we want to we really could but we choose not to so one more religion type of question from you and this is about ghosts really modern day paranormal enthusiasts because they're kind of tied in a lot of modern day paranormal people kind of have their roots in the spiritualist movement in some ways where it seems like they're also building some type of their own religion on their views of ghosts and the afterlife and all that. Does that something you've ever thought about? Well, I've always thought about the, the people who investigate this stuff. Like, cause to me, it, it sounds scary. Right. Um, but like these people to me, I think they're, they're kind of fearless because when you strip away the dogmatic elements to it, they're basically kind of looking up kind of, you know, the stuff we do, you know, if we're into UFOs or whatever, they're just actually investigating a different area, which is, you know, and part of that could just be from horror movies. You know, we watch horror movies and we see these ghost stories and, you know, they're supposed to be these, you know, horrifying experiences. But, you know, I think we've learned from, you know, studying UFOs and everything else that just because this is something that's we're not used to, 
we automatically fear it or there's there's a, a fear associated with it and i think that kind of ties in with you know the, the paranormal aspect of you know the idea of spirits and all these other things that sound scary by nature sure and i think it's you hit you hit on a good point there too like culturally speaking we're conditioned through certain movies to view ghosts as like you know like well you watch uh the the whole conjuring series right like holy shit you know this ghost is gonna kill me so i mean <laughs> and the reality of it is much different i think it made sense to me a secret i was sworn to keep and i don't believe you ever really meant it met you on Well, we're tying. Okay, so we're tying together the UFO and the the ghost thing to religious experiences. Now, I want to kind of talk to you about how all of this ties together, maybe in other ways. For you, that is something you definitely talk about in the Stranger Than Fiction. How do ghosts, cryptids, UFOs? How do they all tie together? How does the you know the paranormal umbrella is huge, right? I mean, it just covers things that science doesn't understand modern science we can't explain all that but how does 
how for perfect example and this might open up the floodgates how does bigfoot relate to a ufo how does bigfoot relate to answer in the form of a question please oh anyways um <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I'll start off just by, you know, you look at these areas all throughout the world that are just basically areas of high strangeness. And, you know, and I'll go to some of the bigger ones earlier, but there's, you know, there's parks in the, you know, the Appalachian mountain regions and like by Ohio, Pennsylvania, that have frequent UFO sightings. And they also have Bigfoot sightings around the same time. Then you look at, you know, bigger places like Skinwalker Ranch that has everything. Yeah. It really is a smorgasbord of paranormal. Um, when you have these scientists, you know, go out there and as non-believers and every scientific thing they try to do, not only can they can't explain, they can't control anything. They can't do any of the traditional scientific, scientific methods. You know, if one of them, you know, goes in, I think, um, I'm trying to remember uh, from the, from the NID study and mentioned seeing a portal open up and a shadowy being that could have, the way they described it could have been like a Bigfoot-like beast walk out of it. Like, that's crazy. Was that at right? Skinwalker Ranch? Skinwalker Ranch, oh, Okay. Yeah. Was it the yeah, rocket and, scientist, the southern rocket scientist guy? No. Uh, so, okay, that that was from the original book, Hunt for the Skinwalker. That was from the initial NID study. Um, you're referencing the show right now on the on History Channel. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Speaker yeah. Skinwalker Ranch. And I interviewed Dr. Travis Taylor. Travis, Dr. Book. Travis, that's his name. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. And, um, I mean, he's somebody who... I didn't know this when I interviewed him. He actually loves science fiction. He's written science He's fiction He's written a books, bunch so. of science fiction books. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So this is kind of like right up his alley to kind of investigate something that's stranger than fiction. <laughs> Look at um, that. Where'd that come from? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's just, you know, for him to kind of go in there, you know, with an open mind at least, you know, and then really try to do real science. If you watch the show, I mean, people can, people like to kind of make these jokes in here and there, but they're trying practical science, whether it's, you know, some people say it's not the highest degree of science, but it's, hey, they're doing these live experiments and they're realizing that the variables that go into the science as we know it can't necessarily be controlled in this sense or, you know, everything you would expect to happen then <laughs> doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. And they're being they're being screwed with. So it's like there's obviously something going on there. And part of the things that they, they've, they've seen is UFOs. They've seen UFOs there. Um, so, yeah, there's something there. And so even... Even going back to, you know, people who've had abduction experiences and, you know, the, hearing the different types of beings that are there and, you know, going back to even, you know, biblical texts and, you know, Sumerian texts about giants and, you know, big hairy men. And it's like, okay, is that Bigfoot? Sure. If that's Bigfoot, well, then look at it in, in fiction, right? Look at Chewbacca. Yeah, where did you, you make that from? point in the book and you really got me with that yeah. one too. And I go, holy <laughs> shit, you know, first I go, well... You know, that's just uh, the creature makers. Are, are, but where did they get the yeah. inspiration in the first place to make a creature like that? It's very Bigfoot-like. And it's that was yeah. a I loved that point that you made in the book, talking about Chewbacca. He's from fucking outer space, man. I mean, he's from Kashyyyk. You know, that's another planet in the galaxy far, far away. So obviously, that there's an interesting tie there, though maybe that maybe even subconsciously, we're relating Bigfoot to being from another dimension or yeah. another planet, even, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Right. But if you hear, if you hear all these, you know, these stories about how people apparently, you know, try to track a Bigfoot and then they disappear and they don't see any traces, right. That's very similar to what you hear at Skinwalker Ranch with the, with the giant wolves 
that the, uh, the the old caretakers chased into the forest and shot at, and then it was gone and disappeared in midair. Then you think about the UFO phenomenon, right? How these UFOs are in the sky one minute and then they're gone. Yeah. And that really, I think, placed the idea of maybe these things aren't coming from space, but it's a different dimension or a different alternate Earth, a different part of, you know, this other dimension is on Earth. In a place like that, maybe the veil is thin or the yeah. barrier between the two. Right. I mean, and that's kind of what do you think about the multiverse theory? Is that something you know, I, that you might be yeah, tend absolutely. to agree with? Yeah. I mean, it's very possible. It's crazy. It's like you've heard that the Berenstein, Berenstein Bears thing. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. So like basically, it's like people remember it two different ways, and there's a lot of things. It's not just that. There's other products too. It really blows your mind because there's people are like split on it, and people really can't find like the right way or like did they change the name of the spelling? And people say no, they never did. Yeah, and that's something you see the idea of multiverses crossing. You see that in comic books and comic movies all the time. So it's interesting. And I'll take it a little bit further than that. One of the things I, I theorize in the book is, you know, in Skinwalker Ranch, they say you can't drill, you can't dig. Bad things right. happen. Right, because that one guy, one of the guys that worked yeah. there, prior to that whole crew coming on to investigate, he had to go get rushed to the hospital or something, right? Because his head, he started having problems with his head or something. So, you know, the, the idea of you can't drill in Skinwalker Ranch because, you know, people have gotten hurt or people have gotten mysteriously sick, right? And then, like, what's under there? Um, and it's theorized, I think uh, Dr. Travis Taylor said something that he described in almost like a crater. Like, what if something crashed there? What if something was left there? And then I think about, you know, uh, Kentucky in Hellier, about how apparently underground there's, like, uh, quartz mines. Right? So what if we have these elements on Earth that, you know, are the a certain vibration because apparently through vibrations, right, you can kind of make these connections to something supernatural, right? What if these vibrations are what bring these, these supernatural beings to our earth? What if that's how they, that's the gateway through it? And maybe that's why maybe Skinwalker Ranch specifically doesn't want us manipulating that. For, some, for whatever reason, a reason yeah. that we don't know and that we haven't been able to figure out yet. And you can argue the same thing about Kentucky too, with, with Hellier, with uh, you know the, the one of the episodes. I think they reference like a cult, kind of trying to like protect that and stuff. And it's just like it's really crazy, you know. Or, or, the, or these goblin, these beings that are by these caves, maybe they're protecting whatever that you know mater underground material is because they don't want us messing with it or vibrating it and opening up Pandora's box or just I don't know. Or, this sounds crazy. People are probably listening at home saying, huh? I know, I know. And you know, <laughs> there about a year ago, I probably would have said the same thing. But, you know, through research and research, I mean, really, it's not research for me. It's just reading, you know, reading books like yours, reading, uh, watching the Hellier series. I mean, watching the Skin Skinwalker Ranch stuff and reading about it. All it does is lead you to more and more questions, but it also ends up opening your mind to the possibility of these things because like you said, there are places where you'll have like ghost activity, cryptid activity and UFO activity all in the same spot. And you go, what is going on? So what do you think? I mean, do you have any one theory that you like the most about all of these things being related in some ways, or is it really just kind of like, you know, well, that sounds like a pretty plausible theory. And so does that. And so does that. And I just don't know. What do you think? Uh, yeah, part of it, you know, I think a lot of us, we just don't know. No one really has the answers, but God, there's just so many parallels between like, you know, when people 
cross over, right? They have these near-death experiences and, you know, you hear people, you know, having angel experiences and it all sounds very similar to the UFO abduction experiences. So sure. I, I think in my very first book, I proposed this idea that what if, you know, these aliens are acting in a sense like our guardian angels in a way, right? Some of us are, are watched more than others, I guess, or what if, you know, when we die, and I, I still to this day believe this, that when we die, our spirit or consciousness travels to these, these parts of the universe that we can't in our physical body. That's why when you hear people, you know, uh, have these out-of-body experiences, that's it, you know, they're taken to a different place. And with that different place isn't a state of mind, they're actually going to a different place where consciousness travels. And that kind of goes with the UFO abduction experience too. But you do hear the cases where there's like a physical element to it too. So like, you know I mean? So it's, how does that work? There's some cases just our consciousness or consciousness or our body. Then you hear people who actually have like, who claim to have seen, you know, uh, aliens and cryptids or, you know, not cryptids, aliens just straight up, but they're not, but they're, they're conscious, right? They're not in that unconscious state. Yeah. So it's really interesting to see like how, how some of these scenarios work, but I still think somewhere in there, somewhere within our, in our consciousness and uh is 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 the key to it somehow and that's why i kind of started the book with that because everywhere you read nowadays everything you hear about kind of goes back to that somehow yeah it's it's fascinating it, i mean it bear that's like a lifetime worth of thinking that you have to do to almost accept it it's like it's almost like we're not our brains right now aren't equipped to kind of handle the hugeness of that of that possibility of the third eye you know of that actually exists and some people seem to have it no problem right i mean it's been talked about all throughout history maybe like certain mediums and seers and you know prophets and yada yada so but i don't even think they've gotten it, it exactly right i think they've gotten like glimpses of things right like say jesus you know i mean take jesus for an example what do you think you know, from a non-religious standpoint, I don't know where you stand religiously, uh, but what do you think about him in relation to all this weird, the world of the paranormal, you know? I mean, what if, you know, he was a, a person with these extraordinary powers, right? Like your know, medium is claimed to have, right? I think a lot of these cases, there's rational explanations for some of them, Sure, but there's some things you really can't explain. Like the, you know, you hear these stories about the person who overcame the strength and like lifted their kid up from a car. Right. Yeah. You know, like you're these crazy, these crazy stories like that, you know, these miraculous things. And it's like, I believe, you know, that there's been people throughout history that have had extraordinary abilities and you know, the CIA studied it. You know, I, in my book, I referenced that the, I seen some of these materials, these, these CIA studies about people who claim they can actual project or, or bend spoons and, um, yeah, no, I'm manipulating matter, right? Like manipulating matter, yeah. remote viewing. So, like all these things that sound crazy. I mean, the CIA looked into it. So, our governments looked into it. So, it, it wasn't crazy enough for them to at least try to look into it. So, I think that says something. But it's like I think we're at the part where the point where what if you know we have exceptional people that walk among us but don't know don't know how to because they probably be ridiculed, like you know nowadays this idea just sounds crazy but what if back then you know the egyptians always celebrated the idea of the power of our third eye right that oddly enough is right right in this area well guess what when people have near-death experience whereas the, the the natural dmt is released where right, right there there You're near your yeah. pineal gland right isn't the pineal, yeah, the pineal gland, gland exactly yep. correct yep uh, yeah what if one of us has superpowers right but we would never even think to try to invoke that right because we wouldn't know how or just we'd be ridiculed because that's something that nowadays sounds you know uh preposterous but you know, the ancient egyptians believed 
that it wasn't. And they tr they try to you know come up with ways to you know invoke the, these abilities. And I mean, people who meditate, people who do you know yoga and other things too. I mean, that's all part of it. People who take uh, psychedelic drugs, it's all the pineal gland. It all activates something that sure. we don't we don't know how to control. But at some point in history, mankind maybe knew how to, or at least knew knew how to look or something. That's interesting that you say that. And that instantly made me think about, and this was talked about in this series that I'm doing, that this is the conclusion of is uh, witchcraft and spell work. And the witch that I talked to is also a friend, you know, and she said, yeah, I said, do you believe it? Is it effective? And she said, oh yeah, it works. Yeah, it definitely works. So maybe, maybe she's tapping into something like that too. Some part of us that can affect change on the, on the material world, just through thoughts or through whatever. It's fascinating stuff. We're, we're I'm deviating a little bit because that's really, really, that's totally like fascinates me. I mean, I could talk about hours for that stuff, right? As far as the future with humanity and the whole realm of the paranormal in some ways, do you think we're heading in a direction where it is becoming more normal it definitely like you said i mean back back at the very beginning it is becoming more accepted the world of the paranormal definitely has more uh, adepts let's just say now than it did maybe 20 30 years ago or something like that there's not a lot of re religious stigma attached to it because you won't you know nowadays you or i it's like we're not going to get kicked out of our church for talking about this stuff because we don't go to church right or whatever so uh, do you think though 50 years in the future, we're going to have more answers for some of the questions that we're talking about in this episode here. Yeah, I would think it's like not only this stuff more mainstream. I mean, Demi Lovato has a UFO show at this yeah. point. Like, Kesha has but, a paranormal podcast and it's great, yeah, by the way, too. Really? It's actually really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love it. I and actually like, love it. So, I mean, I mean, that says something that, you know, not just celebrities are coming out and speaking openly about this stuff, but, you know, officials in the government are speaking openly about this stuff. Yeah. And, mainstream scientists so it's like it's just it's it's slow you know it's i, I know people hate the idea of a slow disclosure and i do too because I, I i think just give it to us uh but i get it i get it from a sense of so one of the last uh stories i did for my web for punkrockinfos.com one of the last big stories um was a former uh military official who worked kind of in the communications and the story i was doing was basically he came across something about the Reynoldson ufo incident and noted that something that came across communications was we sent someone back with the ship, which is crazy. It's like, I never heard that before. Huh. Uh, and I thought it was gonna be a big story, but no one seemed to care. <laughs> I guess unless you have a video from the Pentagon, but anyway, so, but one of the things he was saying, he was like, look, you, you know, he, he's, he's a history buff. Like he loves history and governments. So he was like, look, every change through, through history has been gradual, every movement, right? He's like the civil rights movement didn't happen overnight. And he said, and he believes the same thing as what we're with now with, you know, these UFO stories and all the paranormal stuff, all this is slowly coming out for a reason. Um, because I think, you know, well, he thinks, you know, the, the, the more you kind of chip away at it, or I look at it as it's more you kind of chip away at it, the more you start seeing some of these religious institutions start taking note and not calling BS and, you know, like saying, you know, oh, yeah, we should investigate this too. You start seeing, you know, these politicians coming around and it's just a slow thing. I mean, it's been in pop culture forever. So we already know, you know, that some of these, the, our, our popular content creators are privy to some of this stuff, whether it's on purpose or by accident. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, there's tons of stuff we talked about with that too, and theories and uh, as well. But, you know, obviously it's embedded in our pop culture. So it's like, is it really that abnormal to think something that's fiction is based off something that's real? I would say there is definitely something to that. So, yeah, or there could be. The possibility is very, is likely to me, I would say, right? I mean, it seems that way. Well, I mean, science fiction, science fiction years ago is now reality. You know, just so it's cell phones, cell phones cell alone, phones, yeah. wrist I mean, communicators, right? I mean, come on, you know, the iWatch. We're talking, we're talking about colonizing Mars. That was science fiction years ago. Look what we're and doing. Now it's, we're talking yeah. on a video screen to each other right now. And 30 years ago, that would have been, whoa, <laughs> like that's the Jetsons level shit, right? Or Buck <laughs> Rogers or whatever. I mean, yeah, you don't do that. I mean, they didn't have that technology. They barely had it in Star Wars. It was like a fuzzy picture when Vader's yeah. like choking, you know, Admiral Veers or whatever on the Star Destroyer. You know, and it's like, damn, I mean, our picture right now is 10 times better than that one, you know? So maybe it was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I don't know. You know, they just didn't have the video. They had the hologram technology down in the Star Wars universe. So they did to deviate even further. Anyway, <laughs> well, great, Mike. That's really about all I have for you. I mean, you know, I do feel like anytime I talk about paranormal subjects that I walk away with more questions than answers. However, <laughs> I do feel like I always learn a little bit something more and maybe a direction to look in a little bit closer or something like that, you know, especially talking to you and and reading your books like it really feels like a mind broadening experience in a lot of ways. So, which I, I thank you for that. Cause it's awesome. That's what I'm, that's kind of what I'm here for in a lot of ways, you know? So. Yeah, no, I appreciate that because it's, you know, I try to write the book um, to appeal to different audiences, you know? So if, if somebody like yourself who's very into this stuff to begin with, you know, and knows a lot about it and from multiple you know, angles and, and facets to, to be able to take something away from it. You know, that was the thing. I want people who are in this stuff to read the book and then take away something with it. And then people who aren't into this stuff to not only, you know, learn some things, but also want to start learning more things on their own. Well, thanks so much for listening to this episode so far. And there you go. Mike DeMonte with the conclusion of the Paranormal Pondering series of episodes. I think the answer to the question, how are ghosts, UFOs, cryptids, magic, yada, yada, all tied together? I think this is the answer. There is no real answer to that question other than more questions in some ways. Uh, multi-dimensional beings yeah maybe the multiverse theory overlapping of worlds you know cryptids ghosts and ufos maybe being evolved versions of us that can travel through time and space yeah why not i mean i don't know they're all kind of as good an answer as anything else that we've got but one thing that really gets me and this is where i kind of go did we answer the question yeah kind of sort of the fact that so many paranormal occurrences that have been reported and seen by people, experienced by people, have all happened in the same area in like one little zone, that's where it gets really interesting. That's where it makes me start to think about like dimensional overlaps or a gateway or something like that. And to me, I will say this, I think those areas where that kind of thing goes on, that should be where people who investigate the paranormal, uh, ghost hunters, UFO people, cryptozoologists, all that. That's where maybe they should be focusing their attention in some ways. You know, I don't know. I'm not, you know, the boss of the Paranormal Investigation Society of America or whatever. I'm definitely not. But 
that's my suggestion. I don't know, maybe I should make it happen. Jeez, you know, whatever. I was able to pull off this podcast for the last two and a half years. I guess maybe I could do that too. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, if <laughs> Maybe we can figure out how to open that third eye of ours. And that would lead us to everything we need to know. That is something that I think about a lot, actually. Awaken our consciousness in some ways. And yes, we did just take a detour into the world of uh, the new age or that something. I don't know. Hippie shit. Anyway, someday, maybe we'll learn about all that stuff. 100%. Maybe when we die. I don't know. Until then, I plan on continuing to ponder the paranormal in my own way and with the help of my friends, people like Amanda, Sharice, Maria, Josh, Tamara, Aaron, and Mike DeMonte. Thank you all so much for sharing the journey into the weird, into the paranormal, the supernatural. Thank you so much for joining me on the Bobcast and making my world a bigger, stranger, and better place than I ever imagined it would be. I love it so much. Well, thanks to Light Years for the song. A link to Light Years Bandcamp page will be up on this episode's page of the Bobcast website. That website is IWantaPartyWithBob.com slash podcasts. Please remember, subscribe, rate, and review the Bobcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you so much for listening to the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast. He's got a rat.